There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Kemi Sharia. And I'm Monica Ainley. And you're listening to Fashion No Filter, where we sit down with some of the lead creatives, strategic thinkers, and emerging talent around us to interpret the ins and outs of the fashion industry today. Hello, Fashion No Filterites. Here we are in Paris. It's 30 degrees, and we're ready to give you our latest glorious guest. Although we are boiling hot, we are super excited to introduce our guest on today's show. She is the creative and buying director of the new Galerie Lafayette flagship store that opened its doors earlier this year, number 52 Avenue des Champs-Élysées, a street, of course, that needs no introduction, I'm sure. Clara Cornet, who is 30 years old, has been tasked with turning these 9,000 square metres of shopping space into a unique and open-minded destination for customers in search of inspiration and retail therapy. She promises a 360-degree retail experience at a time when online shopping is more popular than ever. Ah, yes. And the store does offer a curated selection of meticulously chosen labels, picked by Clara herself along with her team. A gourmet café imagined in collaboration with fashion darling Simon Jacquemus, inspired by the ingredients of his native south of France... The main Instagram attraction of the site being his lemon smash tart which we highly recommend, and a very modern approach to visual merchandising. We stole Clara off the shop floor and took her for a lemonade at Citron to pick her brain on what it takes to launch an innovative concept store in the digital era. Well, hello, Clara Cornette. Do you pronounce it Cornet or Cornette in um, English? Hello, Monica. Um, Clara Cornet. In Tell French me. and English. In French and English. Yes. I, you don't want me to anglicize your name? No. Not like an ice cream, Cornette. Not like an ice cream. Quite sexy. Mm-hmm. Quite sexy. Okay, can you introduce yourself and describe where we are? Um, so we're currently in the Galerie Lafayette Champs-Élysées, and I'm um, very excited to be with you guys. Um, I'm Clara, and I'm the creative director of the store. Um, we are standing in the Café Citron. Uh, and enjoying our latte and uh, lemony pastries. Yum. Yum, right? Just the had most, some marzipan. The most Instagrammable dessert of the moment. I think we would say it's the most Instagrammable restaurant of the moment, full stop. True. And it's also delicious, and it has a lovely South of France vibe. Thank you. We called it the terrace. Très chic. Thank you. So let's take a step back. How did this all come about? 
How did you become the uh, grand dame of this uh, beautiful establishment? And how, what, would, what would you say were the key factors in getting you here? Um, well, the key factors were for me to move back to Paris. That was the first factor. Um, you I've were living been, in New York. Exactly. New York. I was living in New York at the time. I've been, I actually started my career at the Galerie Lafayette. So I was lucky enough um, to get a call back um, after living in New York over five years. Um, I first started actually as a woman's buyer at the Osman flagship that many of you must know. And it was such an exciting time, and we were picking up so many emerging designers. And I was working on women's designer and luxury. Um, and then I got a call from Opening Ceremony, who approached me to work as the head of women's buying for the store, which at the time there was New York and L.A., and then London had a pop-up, and we worked with the Ace Hotel. We had so many fun projects. Um, after spending time at OC, and I went to work for the Webster. So for me, it was super exciting to also expand in the world of Miami and Texas and again LA. And we had five doors by the time that I left and New York opened. And after that, I had the most interesting phone call from the Gary Lafayette, um, who actually offered me to move back to Paris for a very secret project, mm -hmm. um, which I hadn't heard about. And it was actually the former GMM of uh, Osman Luxury who was heading the project. And she called me and she said, listen, it's going to be something completely different. And I was like, how different? Because I'm pretty different. So yeah, how, different in what way? Different in what way? How different do you want it to be? And they seemed so excited about building a new retail model, really something focused on relationships and customer focused. And so I was very intrigued, especially for the location, because I'm Parisian. And when they told me about the Champs-Elysees location, I was like, that's a stretch. Mm. Um, I'm listening. And as I was traveling to Paris, I actually got the chance to visit this space, um, even before signing off to agreeing to become the taking over the role that I had the chance to take over. And Which I at saw the time, space. it was the Virgin Megastore. So it's the old Virgin Megastore. So at the time, it was nothing. It was a blank yeah, canvas. it really was. It was just construction hats and ugly boots and just us looking at an empty building. Um, huge building. Huge building. Yeah. Yeah. Smaller than any department so I've seen, but bigger than any boutique. So mm. it was a very challenging and interesting moment. Was an old way to shop had died. Yeah. A way to shop where you would like lay off product on the walls and like literally um, block the light from coming in because there were so many products shoved against the windows. So yeah. what the new store was about was about bringing back lights inside the building and having product breathe and being much more customer centered and rebuilding a new kind of relationship that you can have in retail. and. It was all, all over, everywhere. Everyone was saying how retail was dead, but it was all about boring retail that mm. was actually dying. Mm. So it was a very interesting moment. And Parisians still had the Virgin Megastore in their hearts. So I was like, you know what? There, there can still be a flamme. Mm, interesting. A fire. A fire. And the space was such a moment of culture that when I took the role, I wanted the space to become a place where you could live and meet and encounter and read a book and have a coffee. So this hence is where we are, hence the citron. I just want to say something else about that time, and actually I can't quite figure out the timeline. Had uh, Colette 
closed yet. No. They hadn't. No. So okay. this was not a direct reaction to Colette. No, no, no. But you know, no. some people think that. No, this was years in the work. No, it no, was no. This years was years in the work. In the work. It was years but in the work. But that was convenient, maybe. I mean, I can't say that because Colette yet is one of my favorite stores. Me too. And still will be. So I was like, how not convenient that I moved back to Paris and one of my favorite stores closing. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have now to build a store that I'm going to want to shop and my friend are going to want to shop. And it's also a, a new generation me, of shoppers. To mm-hmm. me, it takes such bravery to, to shut down something when you know you're done with it rather than sell it on. Absolutely. And yes, which, is what, which is what they did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, and, and I admire that as well. It Absolutely. Must, it was a thing, it was a time, and they didn't let it become something less. Yeah, they didn't sell out and, and hand over mm-hmm. the... Yeah. I agree. Direction of that to someone that wouldn't have understood what she was about and mm-hmm. what it meant to her. And I think that's in, in this world where everybody's trying to make a quick buck, dare I say that? Oh, I think, it's I think you dare. I think you're admirable. Right. I think we should say it. I think a lot of people are trying to make a quick buck. And I think that Clara is actually trying to, I think you're trying to create something cultural. Absolutely. Well, here we stand for the long run. Yeah. So it's definitely for the culture and for Paris and for my Parisian friend, but also not just Parisians. We're very much speaking to France and mm. speaking to banlieue and not forgetting that we're next to RER A. And there is a youth culture that just actually is Just to explain to people who don't know Paris that well. Yeah. So Paris is like has a big, the central Paris has a big ring road highway around it. And outside is Bonneux, which is Anything weird. that's considered outside of the ring road is not considered Paris. That's why Paris isn't as big as other big cities, it's because the there is a road yeah. that actually contains it, meaning that anything built on the other side of the road is not consi- it's considered to be the suburb. It's almost like an old city wall of like a kingdom. Anyway, exactly. um, anyway what we're looking at today is Greater Paris. Yes, and, and we are in the RER, which is the train that brings everyone from the suburbs into central Paris, really the first stop is this specific area. Exactly. And so the, the Champs-Élysées is a very interesting mix of population because you're so close to Avenue Montaigne, which is Triangle d'Or, a golden triangle, yeah. Montaigne, Saint-Honoré, Champs-Élysées, which have the prime real estate in terms of palace and yeah. hotel of luxury. But we didn't want the store to just be a luxury destination. We made it a point of making sure that greater Paris was welcome in a sense that we have a very broad range of product. The enseigne Gary Lafayette remains a very popular mm. and democratic approach to fashion, uh, to goodness, and to culture. Yeah, there's nothing alienating going on here. No, I, absolutely. And we make it a point of that. And I think yeah. your party, the launch party, really f- reflected that. Well, thank you very much, because we worked very hard on making sure that it did, it did reflect a new... French generation, much more open, much more diverse, much more Which artists were generous. performing? We had, oh my God, we had the most amazing lineup. I was dying was so to fun. get. Uh, we had Ayana Kamura, who is, to me, leading f- women French artist today, and she's absolutely incredible. She has such an energy. She's so young. Uh, and then we had various mix of DJs, Louis Chen, who's a dear friend, um, too many DJs, and Peggy Goo. We really wanted the space to feel like a It was major. I mean, it was not club. your typical fashion party at all. Because we because made it a point that really, it wouldn't be. Yeah, we exactly. also made it a point to not open during Paris Fashion Week because we wanted that party yeah. to be for French people. Yeah. Not We love our cosmopolitan crowd, but we also wanted to give back to the city of Paris. Yeah. 
Well, I think you've really done That's that. That's so interesting. I want to just know um, about you, about little Clara, when you were growing up, okay? So you studied in Paris. Um, a lot of people want to know what kind of studies successful people like you did and how yeah. you broke into the industry. Like, really, for, before you even had that first job at the um, first Galerie Lafayette, how did you get there? And did you know that you wanted to do this kind of stuff? So I was born in a geek family. Okay. Something you have to know about me is that I had to go through the whole circle of grande école because my father is a mathematician and my mother is an economist. Like me. Uh -huh. Exactly. That's how Camille and I, we born over there. For this. those who don't know about this, like the French school system is very serious and competitive and you're sort of weeded out into different like levels of academia based on how academic you are. Based on what topics you're interested uh, in. Yeah. yeah. It's quite backward, yeah. I have yeah. to say, because France is, tends to emphasize uh, maths, physics, mm -hmm. chemistry, like those yeah. are just hot topics for smart people and then anything to do with art and literature is considered like, to be the class poubelle in dustbin <laughs> classes, <laughs> which, let's be honest, is a little bit backward of their whole I know quite too. a lot of traumatized French yeah. people, but if you are academic, yeah. then it's great. Unfortunately, Nanay was a academic, but I was also very math. I was a mathlete, as we say, and I got into business school, always having in the back of my head that I wanted to work in a creative field, and fashion has always been a point of interest, maybe because I was born and raised in Paris, but it was definitely something that I was looking from afar mm. and not really knowing how I could access it because, let's just put it that way, it's quite a closed industry. Yeah. And I went through my round of internships. <laughs> da, da, da. Which is really the point of departure of my career. It's I've just did all the internships and I didn't know where to start, so I knew I wanted to start interning in London. It was my whole thing. I wanted to go to London. What attracted you to London? I don't know. It was like um, speaking in English and just the fabulousness of London Fashion Week at the time. And so I just went there and took the Eurostar every weekend with my little CV. Wow. And I distributed them to whoever would take me and receive me. And it was the funniest um, entretien that happened at Stella McCartney. Uh, where I actually had the position and the woman told me afterwards she was like I could tell you really didn't speak that well English you were not completely understanding what I was saying <laughs> but you seemed so eager Did you, you seemed so eager that I got you and she, she got, she got she, I got it and she got me in and it's true I, my English wasn't at the best at the time and and I was so proud and I was, and you know, I did it all. I did the archive, I did the running around, I did courier service. I was mm. your one-stop shop. Right, and um, so you would say to those naysayers who think that uh, unpaid internships are pointless and should be done away with. Oh my God, I did actually, three unpaid yeah, internships so before I. I first got my ticket restaurant card and right. a metro card. That's basically expenses. That's yeah. exactly, so, but it was all about like, at least uh, having a foot through the door. Yeah. And it was so exciting. And you have to just stay enthusiastic. Exactly. And I was. I was so eager and so enthusiastic. And I feel like I'm, I still am today. You uh, are. <laughs> um, and it's contagious. It's really nice. You. And after Stella, my number two biggest um, internship with that uh, Maison Christian Dior, which was extraordinary because that's where I discovered the world of buying because I was on the other side. Mm -hmm. and it's actually really funny as you guys know I'm quite obsessed with food mm -hmm. and at the time... Yeah, we're gonna get to that. Absolutely, that's definitely something we're gonna circle on. 
um, the you have to know. So when a brand welcomes the buyers, there is extraordinary buffet and catering that is for the buying team to be able to rest and have at least a bite in between buys. And I was obsessed with it. I just was like, wow, who are these people coming from outside? They don't belong to the company. They come in, they sit down, they have the most amazing lunch. And I have to wake up at 6 a.m. and watch them get breakfast? Who are they? What do they do? It's so interesting that it was food that was the key. (laughs) I mean, I understand. I once used, I once followed the Joseph Byers when I worked for Joseph to the uh, Dries Van Noten showroom. Insane Insane. buffet. Insane. Insane. I was like, I'll stay here all day. And it was incredible. Wait, and how do I not know about this? Oh, oh my god, god. Buy, it's buying thing. appointments are It's a thing. It's a thing. I schedule and my dear partner brands know that, so I can say that with no shame. I schedule my buying appointments according to the food that I know I'm gonna get from each one. <laughs> Absolutely. You know you get So any younger brand looking to get <laughs> Clara's attention, I think you should up your lunch game. <laughs> yeah. Maybe find a new caterer, some exciting new chefs to work with. <laughs> No, it's actually it's it's actually a thing. I'm on the buying teams of all the stores, and yours catering is obviously gorgeous and out of control. Think Mary Antoinette had gone bad, like it's like <gasps> gone rogue. Actually, actually I have a suggestion. Rogue. There's a new fashion caterer in town called Cafe Pampin. It's one of my best friends. Oh, Georgia. cute! Here She's we go. really good. Um, but no, but seriously, I, it, it is astounding. But then it makes sense because those brands would want to sell their entire lifestyle Absolutely. to the buyers. You want to sell the lifestyle, you want to have a moment, you want to nurture the relationship. And it was the first time that I actually saw how important the relationship and the sit-downs and the talks and the, all the conversation that were between those people that I was like, who are you? What do they do? And I was so young. And then I figured it out. And actually that one appointment. Do you want to explain to yeah. our audience exactly what a buyer does? Because I feel like that is yeah. one of those Yeah, of those course. Jobs. How would you define a buyer? And why is it so important to have a great mathematical brain to do it properly? That is, uh, I feel like it's great to have a mathematical background, but anyone can learn it as well. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, is a very important point. So when you do buying, you work for a store and your role is really to go into showroom appointments to see collections from the brands that you're in charge of. So let's say you were for the Galerie Lafayette when my first role was to buy, for example, Kenzo. And we'd go to the showroom, look at the collection, you sit down, you nurture the relationship, you try to understand what did well, what did wrong on the last season, and you look at the new collection. That's why a lot of buyers go to the shows. And then mm. they go to the showrooms because that's where you see the show pieces, but also like the more commercial items. Yeah. And, and you see everything up close, which is like... You invaluable. see everything up close and personal. You touch it. You get the feedback. You mm-hmm. you really get that reaction. And then you're putting the units. Mm-hmm. And that's how when... How do you do that, though? How do you know how much, how deep, how deep to buy? Oof. Look at her. Yeah. Retail math over here. Yay. Um, that's why you have a planner. So all the buyers have a planner that they look to for a budget. So the buying team go into a brand showroom thinking, this is how much money I think I can perform with the brand, how much I can make for the season. So the planners give you a budget that you have to stay within 
and it's really hard because sometimes you really love the collection and then you have to go back and be like I overspent and like right. and it's a whole thing and it happened to me um, <laughs> and really you stick to your budget you look at the categories and then you go into putting all the units that you feel you can sell for one season mm-hmm. and then you have a target you have what we call a sell through and you look at that is our tool to make sure that you're looking at a sell through is what you sold through out the season so pants we didn't sell any t-shirts we didn't buy en- enough dresses we could go into shorter longer like with sleeve with no sleeves it's really looking into each categories and understanding right. how you can better approach your business but also what i've always been excited to share was with the brands making sure that how can we work better together is there anything you need from us and any information and the transparency is also key to the partnership Ah, does everyone abide by that rule or is that specific to you? I feel like today it's a rule that everyone has to follow. Okay. Long around the days where you're not sharing the performance with your partners. Okay. And and you you talk here about working with Kenzo, which is obviously a very well-known, respected brand. But mm. I think what you're also very well known for is finding new brands And nurturing yeah. those relationships, I feel like you have brought to light some of the most successful and popular brands and names of recent years. I'm thinking of Jacquemus, Simon. I'm thinking of Coperni. I'm thinking of We Are Marcia. Yeah. I'm thinking of, who else am I thinking of? Amélie. Amélie Pichard, exactly. All these younger names. And I, in this day and age, I find it quite overwhelming the amount of new brands that we see pop up left mm-hmm. right and center i mean it seems like every other day an influencer is launching a new brand and there's a new sustainable brand and everything sort of seems to be everywhere and i wonder how you sift through all of that and and pick and choose and and decide to invest your time and your energy and i'm guessing also your care and 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 your time in in these new Yeah. new people well I was very I guess I was very lucky because retail and buying was my first role and it was all I knew at the time it was looking for newer brands and at the time I was at well, especially when I was at opening ceremony our goal and our roles were to be denisha it was really to be almost headhunters for newer brands and I would see 15 brands a day during market. It was exhausting. And after all this research, you actually, there's one that really hits your heart and you know it's the one. It's a gut feel. I can't really explain it. Mm. It's wanna, a gut I feel. I want to quote Tommy from Love Island. You've got a gut. That's why yeah. you've got to use it. Yeah. <laughs> But really, it's a gut feeling of finding something new, finding something fresh, finding someone that's true to a vision. Yeah. And it's not even about the product anymore. It's about the product, the way you package it, the way you speak about your brand, the designer themselves. So so Simon is a really great example of that. Absolutely. I first met Simon. It was, it was This is Jacquemus. Simon Jacquemus was one of the first brand I've ever had to and got the chance to work with. Um, I was an intern and it was the, prior to everything. I first had intern at uh, opening ceremony And we were at this multi-brand showroom, and I was really excited to go see his collection because I had seen it, and I was like, this is great, this is unique. How many this seasons is in was he at? He was, had two seasons in. I think it was the first season that he actually commercialized. Right, so he would have been like 20? 
Yeah. We've known each other for 30 years, so yeah, that's a, wow. that's about it. That's for We've known each other for 10 years. 10 years. Like yeah, 30 years, years yeah, from 20 to 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. Um, that was his first collection. He, it was uh, Le Sport Les années 90, and he was in a multi-brancher room among many other brands. It's a great multi-brancher room, Agile Semcam, that I love and still work with today. And she's also great at nurturing younger brands. So anyway, so... I saw the collection, I was like, this is very special. And he didn't speak English at the time. And I was just there at OC and I was didn't doing it. he? Because I've interviewed him in English and he's very good now. You, absolutely. Not a word. Oh, today. Today is super good. But at the time, he didn't, he hadn't done any fashion studies. He was straight from south of France. He yeah. had that, that genuineness of mm-hmm. yeah. someone who truly believes in what they do and, but still remained quite shy. Yeah. So he's grown so much from there. But really, when I saw that collection, I was like, this is so special. There's so much of it I want to wear. And he was like, oh, I'm so happy because I make it a point that my prices are mm. to my friends. Mm. Um, kind, yeah. So Accessible. Accessible. I made mm. it a point that I, I remain, that my prices remain accessible. And mm. every piece of fabric that I put into the collection, I... I really want my friends to be able to buy it. That's very forward-thinking for a 20-year-old. That's already, I mean, that's success. That's already yeah. success. I was yeah. like, you're there as a designer, selling your collection on your own. You've achieved to build a collection that felt fresh and you're price-conscious. Yeah. See you in the next 10 years. Yeah. yeah. So we just, so last time the three of us were together was at the celebration in Provence of Jacquemus's 10 years. Now, how did that feel for you, having kind of grown up together and yeah. having been, yeah, really like the first person to really? I mean, I, w- him I wasn't the first person to discover him. There was uh, other. Okay. Really I wanted to give you that yeah. credit. <laughs> no, there was other incredible retailers that discovered Simon on that season because it was such a special collection. Um, but really, for me, it was just you can't help but feel proud, mm. even though you don't. You haven't done much, but you feel proud because you've been growing together. And what was so special with Simon is that we've grown from each stores that I worked with. We've grown to do special things together. When he launched accessories, when he launched men's, and today when we launched a cafe under his own name. And it's just about also making sure that um, you grow together and that to me, loyalty is everything in this industry. And yeah, that's very true. And when we, when I got the role, he was so excited for me. I was like, oh my God, this is, this is a lot. This is a big deal. It's a big building. It's a big expectation. There's so many things that I want to do differently. And he was like, well, what, I want to do things differently for this. What do you, what would you, what are you thinking? And he was like, I'm, I'm down to do objects and maybe like furniture. He was really going into um, a direction of wanting to do more interiors and yeah, objects. Yeah, because I feel like at this point, the Jacquemus brand is a, a lifestyle brand. It was brand a lifestyle, absolutely. To a certain extent. And when we were down in that show in a lavender field with absolutely. the he has sunshine an and that was, I felt yeah. I was like, discovering more of his lifestyle. Absolutely. And he has a great eye for interiors. I'm sure many of you yeah. have seen his yeah. interiors and his new, actually his new showroom and headquarters spectacular yeah, yeah. Um, so it's I thought it's a perfect mix of something yeah. that's it's exactly what you said it's accessible yeah but it's it still feels luxurious but with that air like which is what the Galerie Lafayette is as well it feels creative yeah. it feels creative but within accessibility exactly. and not even just price point wise just 
mindset-wise. Yeah. It's not... But also, watching all the girls dancing at that party, because everybody obviously was wearing Jack and Moose, mm. lots of pieces from different years throughout yeah. all the collections that he's done. It was just w- really fresh. We were dancing Absolutely. in a field. And it was I, unbelievably yeah, yeah, where I think where lots of fashion brands are quite complicated and complex and you need to sort of intellectualise fashion yeah. to understand it and mm. want to wear it and, and, you know, collections evolve. Here it was just very simple, rich colours, simple cuts, really, really sexy dresses. I mean, and watching everybody look like that, it, you want to be part of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. completely. So, Clara... I think a lot of us listening right now would pretty much say you have one of the coolest jobs in the world. <laughs> but uh, bring us down to earth here. What are the downsides? It's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the saying, um, find a job that doesn't feel like a job. Yeah. And I'm lucky enough and so humbled to have this amazing responsibility. But it's it's an everyday Hard work. Lots of travel too. Travels, no? absolutely. Fashion calendar is absolutely mental. Mental. It's uh, always it fashion week somewhere, with. as yeah. we say. Yeah. Um, but I would say I'm having a very exciting time. I have an incredible team um, who's counting some of the strongest and most talented people I know that I was lucky enough to have the freedom to build from ground zero because for the new store, we've had the chance to build our own team. So I manage, now I do manage buying. I have the buyers from my team that are, we work together to build the selection of the exciting brands and, that you see today. Um, but I also manage the communication and content. Right, and, and you do visuals. a lot of events too. Absolutely. It's just, again, like retail is not dead. Boring retail is. It's more about now making sure you celebrate the partners that choose to be with you and that you highlight them. And it can be through social, but also through events, our strength is to be in real life. We are a brick and mortar store. Mm. When so many brands choose today to live on the digital platforms, brands that don't even have, it's not even that they don't have a point of sales, that they don't need distribution. Mm. We've reached a point that brands, they don't need a third party department store to carry them because they have their own community, they have their own channels, they have e-commerce, we're completely past the point. So now what we try to do is, if you chose to be with us as a brick and mortar, we can bring the product in real life. Mm. And we had an extraordinary launch with the Réalisation Par, which we called Paris for Real. I'm wearing but a for real, for real. from that launch. It was for real, for real, though. We were able to like get the product yeah. to be touched and try yeah. it on. And that's yeah. really what drives me today is to make sure that all the brands that are living through the clouds are able to find home here in Paris. And if they- Well, and, and I actually think that that's becoming true luxury again you know after you've ordered your delivery dinner and you know texted with people online and stalked instagram all day maybe that's what you did on a saturday to go in and actually touch the handbag that you're thinking exactly and experience the jacques world and again then to go and actually have people like you in the store wearing the pieces creating an actual physical relationship it's Mm -hmm. like in the grocery store even i there's there isn't even a person who rings through <laughs> your groceries anymore. Yeah. You have to figure out how to use a machine. Like, I don't want to live in a world where I never look at a person in the face. Well, that's the opposite of what we're trying to do here. Yeah. And that's why we weren't 
very adamant about having our own staff because this space, yeah. this new store, is meant to be about relationships. Yeah. So it's our staff, 100%, and they are able to speak to you about any brands that we carry. And they're so cool. Oh, my God, our staff, they're so cool. Yeah. They're, like, passionate and fashion and stylish. Yeah. I have to dress up for them in the morning. <laughs> I don't dress up for myself. I dress up for them. You look very, very stylish. Could we do a little dress for radio here yes, quickly? Yes, we should. Clara, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? I'm wearing Simon Rochelle, uh, which is uh, one of my favorite brands. A white puffy, white puffy, super sleeves. It looks like you're wearing a cloud. Well, yes, thank you. That's, that's how I feel definitely with this heat. And I'm wearing uh, Marie Gu Chili, who's also a very emerging oh, she's designer. Very cool. Very cool um, sandals. Some uh, Relikia pearl. You can hear the pearls. We made her take them off, but they're really, really cool. And a Carrie-style Clara necklace. Exactly, that I got from my last week in New York. Everyone's favorite fashionista. Absolutely. Mm. And very cool. it was my going away to New York gift to myself that I got in Chinatown, who I never take off. Love it. Yeah, but... And a scrunchie, and I'm also wearing a scrunchie. And of scrunchies. scrunchies are back. Scrunchies you heard live. it here first. And, of course, hair clips. I have four hair clips right now in my hair. From Simone Rocha. Yeah. And does Les Galeries Lafayette, Champs-Élysées, have a ecological conscious side to it? We do. Because I heard that you did. Mm. We do. I feel like we should talk about that a little we bit should. as well. Absolutely. Well, we do as the group has a big involvement in sustainability. I mean, first of all, it's something that we don't communicate on because I feel it's obnoxious. I agree. Mm. But now I feel like it's important to still state the obvious. like. 100% of our packaging is recycled. 100% of any plastic that you'll find in the store is CPLA, which is corn plastic. And there are things that like people don't even notice and that we don't be obnoxious about it and talk about it, but it was still a lot of work. It's okay, we asked, you can tell us. To put that in <laughs> yeah. place. Um, the store is what we call breach excellent. So it's a norm from architecture in terms of usage of electricity. And mm. that's, that's like something that architecture department give to a building and it was a very big involvement from the group to make sure that the building was reaching the best norms possible um, and then we really try to focus on the designers that are today emerging and without again being obnoxious about it but I have a responsible um, aspect, aspect yeah. to yeah. it and Gagrafeira started a year and a half ago, the group, to celebrate what we call the Go for Good movement. Yes, I was involved um, in their campaign, actually. Which was it's really spectacular. Good. It was over 400 brands um, that have been part of it. It was just about highlighting how responsibility should mm. be part of your brand message and should be considered as cool. So for us, it's never about picking up a brand because they're responsible. This doesn't mean anything. It should just be about promoting the one that are, that mm. are bringing excitement to the fact that they're responsible. So on top of my head, Marine Serre is one that yeah. she absolutely does not communicate about it, and she shouldn't, but upcycling is a big part of her DNA, and I'm actually really into upcycling. We've done so many upcycling projects because I think it's super creative. Can you explain upcycling to people who don't know it? So it's really about uh, repurposing uh, fabrics or materials that have been that have had past lives. So, for example, we work with an artist from L.A. whose name is Dr. Romanelli, who's used <laughs> cut-out um, pieces of uh, Supreme T-shirts, and it's all about the hype. So it was Supreme and Guess and Nike, and he recreates that in pieces of furniture. 
And it's cool because it gives a new life to the garment, but also yeah. it's super creative. So Marine Serre has almost like a couture line out of it, and she always makes the most incredible um, dresses out of upcycling. And, and really, for us, we do it in a very humble way because we are a store, because we promote new collection every season. But at the same time, we're very... Um, careful about the partners that we work with about yeah. the sourcing and also i feel like almost promoting designers and creativity is also promoting a piece of garment that you're going to want to keep longer hopefully yes hopefully yes. so i can't really pronounce myself on fast fashion because i've always worked on durable garments because i've had pieces from jacquemus i have of skirts from his first collection that I still have and still wear today that I love. Yeah. And that in a way is a little bit responsible. I liked that actually in the South a lot of those old pieces came out people were wearing their favorite pieces. Absolutely. And that's what we did in the 10 year anniversary. We also we reissued some of the best but we also reused some of the archive pieces that I feel like are so exciting yet still today and people are still buying from his past collection because it also shows that promoting designers and creativity is also promoting a longer relationship to your clothing. Sure. Yeah, true. There's a, just, I wanted to highlight, there's a second conscious aspect to this store, which is that the um, bathrooms are unisex. Oh, that's that's definitely a, or is that a, a passion a, a project of mine. No, 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 no. It was the first thing. Um, actually, everyone was like, oh, so when you took over the role, what was your first... <laughs> projects. You need I was like the yeah. bathroom. The bathroom were my bathroom. first projects because you're opening a store in 2019. Mm -hmm. You have to deliver a strong societal, societal, societal. You have to deliver a strong societal message of what kind of space you want it to be. And I wanted the space to be extremely inclusive mm -hmm. and celebrating diversity. And I was like, where are the bathroom? They're like, oh, it's in the food court. It's going to be in the basement. Um, I was like, can I see the plan? They were like, really? You have nothing else to do? <laughs> I was like, there are men's and women's. They were like, yeah. And I was like, we need to make them gender neutral. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the, the, they were already in construction. So I had the architecture department redo the floor wow. plan, redo the water work wow. so that we could have one entrance and repurpose the location to be gender neutral. And it was so important in terms of messaging. And it shouldn't be, because we it should be, again, about being responsible, about being But it's being quite diverse. groundbreaking, actually. But for Paris? For France, certainly. For France, for France I don't know what I don't know. And I was going to ask you afterwards what you thought the biggest difference between French and American fashion is. Yeah. But certainly, yeah. I think maybe America is moving faster than us. In the it's in very that, interesting in that respect. In, uh, for America. Yeah, absolutely. Considering the political climate. Of course. It's a, it's a weird... It's a, it's a, well, it just depends where in America exactly. you are. New York exactly. is like a whole different country. Absolutely. But actually, in New York, I was fascinated when the Whitney Museum had the first gender-neutral bathroom. And oh, do they? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And that was my inspiration. Do you know if any other department stores have that, or are you the first? In, in, in France, France, we're the first. We're the I, I also just want to point out that not only are these bathrooms gender neutral, but they're incredibly high tech and you sort of have sprays and they're air Japanese. And so there was a whole thing. So this is actually a very funny um, anecdote is that they're also Japanese toilets. So, you know, Japanese toilets have a little water spraying. So people got confused between is it gender neutral to have a water spray you? And it was like, no, no. 
there's two messages here. <laughs> One is the fact that there is no women's and men's separation, that it is gender neutral. And second fact is, they're Japanese bathroom. So also, there's a little water spraying at the end. But do not confuse. <laughs> <laughs> I've so never been to, to Japan. Time. I can't wait to experience <laughs> that. Maybe I'll go down to the bathroom after this interview so I can. Oh, you have will. A I will spraying. make you. <laughs> yeah. Now I think we may be getting towards the firing rail. We are. Um, Before we do that, I do want to ask Clara, what do you say to those who criticize our industry and call it frivolous? Yeah. Who accuse the clothes of being absurdly overpriced? And all of us, a bunch of self-obsessed eccentrics. Give us your indefensive fashion. I've asked myself that question so many times. So many times would I look at my friends that have the most meaningful jobs in the Mm. world, Mm. the lawyers and the doctors of this world, and asking myself, why? Why do I care so much? (laughs) I care because... Other people care and other people Mm. are very happy about buying that special piece that makes you feel so special that someone extremely creative has put so much thought into making you feel beautiful. And I had this conversation with a friend of mine. I was really going in deep about asking myself, why was I doing this? And she's a doctor. She's a shrink. She's actually um, a psychiatrist that works in a highly risked area of the hospital, which means she gets attacked by patients. And I was telling her, she was telling me a day of hers where she was bitten by a patient and she was going through the worst day. And then she told me, but you know, at the end of the day, so I got bitten, but I know how to react. And then I looked at that ring that I bought from you that I love so much and I just love that ring so much. It made me happy just looking at it. Oh, that's so nice. And I was just like, that's it. That's why I do this. And that's why we keep on making beautiful things out in the world is to make other people that do greater good feel beautiful. Even if it's for 10 minutes after being bitten. (laughs) I was like, that's the meaning of all this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what designers want to promote. It's just more beauty into the world and making people feel better Uh, for any wallets and I make it a point that we have rings under 50 euro so it's for any wallet amen firing round okay but we're gonna go do that out there oh we're gonna go and do the firing round in In the jacquemus box yeah in the jacquemus box all right okay well we'll we'll see you back in five minutes see you in a second we're gonna give you a visual I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters May 17th do you want to tell people the big news All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Lara Cornet, it's time for the firing round. Right here at home in the Jacques Mus stand, wall, space. Yes. Now. Tell us, are you ready? I'm ready. It's time for Avo on Toast, where we talk about food and no better person than you. Do I have phone a, phone a friend or ask the audience? You can <laughs> ask the audience if you want. There's some shoppers around who look quite knowledgeable, but I think you are too. All right, here we go. Okay, so let's start with this. What are the three restaurants that everyone should try in Paris right now? Oh my God, three? Only three. Um, okay, number one, Tontine. Uh, only because he's one of my best friends and it's closing in December. And it's and a pop-up and, and it's pop delicious. And it's delicious and there's multi-chefs situation happening and it's good every week and changing every week. Then we have um, Cheval d'Or because it's uh, it's newish and it's by Taku, the owner of Dersu, and it's delicious again. And we have uh, Racine uh, also because it's uh, his first Michelin star happened this year. So Ooh. go and get it because there, there might be a line out soon enough. Okay. And take us stateside. What would be your top three in New York? Ooh, in New York. Well, in New York, it's quite easy because I always go to the same spot. So, numero N, Mission Chinese food. Numero two, Lucien. Numero trois, Altro Paradiso. Ooh, my three easy, favorite as well. Easy. Flats or heels? Flats for me, always. One item of clothing you will never get rid of? A custom, one of a kind, Jacquemus, neon orange coat with mesh white sleeves which I could never like stop wearing when he first got it for me because he said I made it thinking of you and lately he's been asking me do you still have that horrible coat I made for you I was like of course I do horrible <laughs> I was like of course I do I love it don't wear it still but I still have it in my archive <laughs> good okay Clara left bank or right bank ah oh, it's a tough question born and left living in the right so I'm gonna say right bank What is your life mantra? <laughs> um, work hard, play harder. Ooh. Ooh la la. Gold or silver? Gold. Oh, she's quick. She's quick. New York or LA? Oh, New York. All the way. Eastside baby. One word to describe your taste. Surprising? Ooh. <laughs> your favorite place to relax in the summer? I mean... Nothing really original here. I'm gonna say by the water. Perfect. Perfect. What's what's the ultimate fashion fupa? Ah. Uh, Is it possible? Thinking or? there's one. Aha. Ah, bravo. Merci, Clara. Merci. Happy holiday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, folks, there you have it. How to launch a world-class concept store by the age of 30, courtesy of Mademoiselle Clara Cornet, or as I have now renamed her Notre-Dame-des-Champs-Élysées. <laughs> you can see video evidence of our lightning round questions on the Galerie Lafayette Champs-Élysées Instagram account and get a visual of Clara's adorable Simone Rocha look. You don't want to miss it. Bisous from Paris and lovely listeners. 
And remember, if you love us, show us the love by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Au revoir! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.